Man, we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight in Vancouver, all my real fans. Welcome to the last post-game show. It is what it is. It mm-hmm. really is. My name Kyle Bowen. That's Nick Bondi. And I want to start the show by saying thanks. Yes, thanks to the listeners for sticking around for, for all the post-game shows. We did we didn't just do the playoffs. I know we got a we got a ton of new listeners. We did the regular season too, and it was uh it was fun, man. This has probably been at least 90 post-game. Is it episodes? 90? Do the math, yeah, around there. Well, they they ended with 69. Actually, no, probably around 80. Yeah, that, that's an accomplishment. 80-something. proud of that, yeah. man. A lot of help on the team. And uh, yeah, most importantly, the listeners. Yes, the listeners. Thanks for enjoying the program. And uh, yo, 100%, 100%. We'll be back next year. This is it. This is going to be a staple for the city of Vancouver. That's always been been the goal. And I think the people at the Nux Misconduct Network and the Posted Up Studios can get that done. Also, thanks to Bondi. Bondi killed it throughout the, the playoffs. Obviously, the regular, regular season two. He's been on many times, but yo, the playoffs, he, he was sending those emails. How many emails did you, did you send? Count, you're trying to get guests on the show? It just countless. countless. And DMs, don't forget DMs. Okay, there Combination you go. of both. There you go. On the rise, on the rise. Shout out to you. Yo, your Canucks, yes, your Canucks. Vancouver, yes, your Canucks. They lost game seven. In fact, they were bad in game seven, but so was the case in game six and game five. The luck ran out and it's all good i mean that with the uh the utmost respect for what las vegas is that is a hell of a hockey team i have never seen a hockey team play like that in my in my entirety on this earth real talk real talk seen a lot of series and they were pretty much like that for for seven straight games seven straight games in the last three they just dominated all over the ice and, and yeah once again the canucks luck ran out it's unfortunate but once again it is what it is this entire series had me questioning everything I thought I knew about the sport of hockey. It was ridiculous these last three games. The Canucks getting pummeled with shots and not getting many shots of their own and winning those two games. And they won last game 4 nothing. They got outshot so badly in game six. Won that game. And it was pretty much the same thing tonight. Like You could just tell watching that game the Canucks were just so gassed. Just unbelievably tired playing the back-to-back, which I'm going to harp on for the next, I don't even know how long. It was ridiculous that there was two back-to-backs in this series. And one back-to-back on game six and seven. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Colorado didn't have to play a back-to-back. New York Islanders, Philly playing tomorrow. They don't have to play a back-to-back. Why are the Canucks playing a back-to-back? And I'm not making an excuse. Because that was still a terrible performance by the Vancouver Canucks. Let's be real. Let's be honest. There you go. Take it. Take it. I love it. The only way they were winning that game was with if Thatcher Demko not only stood on his head. Which he did. And he, he had to play goalie at another plane of existence that hadn't existed before. That's how the Canucks had to win this game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know what happened. But yo, back to that point. Okay, back to that point. I got the rock music in the background now, okay? Now, this is not the reason the Canucks lost, okay? It, let, let's be real. Let's be honest again, right? Straight up. If Vegas got some more rest, they probably, they probably with the with the math, 
the science, and what we saw on the ice, they probably would have added 15 more shots. Imagine that team with a little bit more rest at what they were going at, okay? But I'll be honest again, the NHL dropped the fucking ball again. They dropped the ball, not for Vancouver's sake, but the fact that they could not find a way to get Nathan McKinnon a, a prime spot for everyone yeah. who watches hockey in North America. And you know, okay, he, that was that was a damn shame. Okay, a damn shame. I don't. I, I, I think we should talk a bit more about the actual game. But if you want it, no, hey, go off, man. Let's hey, go. hey, it's hey. our show. It's our show. Look, look. If you don't want to have that problem, make Nathan McKinnon playing at one p.m. Pacific and not having anyone watch him. Schedule the Canucks game. For the next day, so you don't have to put that no, Colorado-Dallas no, no. game earlier. Easy. Problem solved. He you did. want Nathan Kinn in primetime? Move the Canucks game to Saturday. That's an easy solution. No, they, they didn't even think it was they a even, problem. Yeah. Because they, they're, they're unaware that that is a problem. That's that's a problem for the NHL. The fact that it's 2020 pandemic season. I get that you want to move on with the schedule. I get it. I get it. But, yo, there, there's an opportunity there. Philadelphia is playing tomorrow. Why not have the Canucks? Why not have an Eastern-Western game? Yeah. Why not? Just so you can move a couple things over, and then you get, and then you get Vancouver again. They probably would have lost more. It happened three times in a row. They were, they had no chance against Vegas other than luck and just willpower, which is which is great, which we'll get to later. But it's 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 Vancouver in Canada, the place that keeps the NHL alive with revenue sharing. Did you hear about how there there quite possibly be would be a problem in Arizona? With, with paying players, I saw a tweet about that. Today. Yeah, they paid yeah, okay, it. Okay, revenue sharing. Canada saves the NHL. Put that game on Saturday. You, you know what I'm saying? For Vancouver, yeah. for Vancouver, that's nostalgic. They, they they really fucked up today. They really did. They really did. But again, I don't I don't think I don't think it had had much of an, of an effect on the result today. I really don't. The, the Vegas Golden Knights, incredible team. The Canucks, a a good team. I, I think. I think they've definitely jumped a tier. They have. They have. And while being in that tier now, a new tier for them, they probably have the best players in that group. Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes and quite possibly whatever goalie they have next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is going to be a very important offseason because the Canucks have to not only... Not only, you know... Get rid of some of these bad contracts. They have to get better at the same time. Right? Like, that's the trick. You have to juggle these two things at the same time. You know what we and that's do. what And that's going to be important. And hey, do you want to talk about the goalie controversy right now? Do you want to get over the no, goalie no, no, controversy? No, no, talk? Not yet. Not yet. You know what? You know what? We just played some metal music. Now we're now we heading over to this contract talk. Yeah, we started it off by thanking the listeners. Let's just, let's just have a little bit of fun let's call trevor beggs okay oh let's absolutely yes Begsy. Let's, let's, let's get Begsy's thoughts all right you're listening to sipping on a 40. yes yes trevor beggs on sipping on a 40 with kyle and bondi trevor tell us a joke tell us something have a smiling right now okay give something to the people in fact can you start by saying thank you to the listeners of the post game show because it's been a while bondi did the math over 80 episodes we were there pretty much Every game. I think I skipped two when they were both related to my dog. My dog wasn't hurt. I just wanted to walk my dog. Yeah, fair enough. Good fair excuse. Enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So can you say thank you to the listeners? 
Yeah, listeners, we really appreciate it. I mean, holy shit, the Nux Misconduct Network, I feel like it hasn't been around for that long. We have almost 400 episodes, and a lot of it is because we have fans to cater to. So, uh, you know, Canucks fans, I hope you're feeling good tonight. I know, again, the Canucks just lost Game 7 against the Vegas Golden Knights, but it was a hell of a run. It was an unexpected run. And, you know, the fact that they even took down the defending Stanley Cup champions and pushed a team like Vegas, who, in my opinion, is the Cup favorite, to Game 7, it's a fucking hell of a run. So we appreciate you tuning in here to the Nux Misconduct Network. And this is what I'm just going to say. 2020s promised to be the best fucking decade in Canucks history. I know the bar is kind of low, but the 2020s are going to be so sick for this fan base. I'm so excited to see what this oh, team yeah. does down the road. 100%. The bar is low. The bar is low. It was an important game. It was okay? the biggest game seven since the year we don't like to talk about on the show. It was just a big hockey game. It really was. A big hockey game and... uh this this franchise hasn't had that many in, in 50 years but let's not let's not dwell okay let's not dwell you talked about how in the next decade two of the best players are probably probably on this team right in the nhl two of the top 10 most important players and they actually came out and played in the playoffs they, they came out in their first playoffs and, and did did excellent they s- exceeded expectations and we talked about the canucks history right the canucks history all throughout the season and how pretty much mediocre it is we don't see performances like this all the time in the playoffs we really don't from the best players on our team they were they were by far and away just excellent yeah they were absolutely incredible and i think one thing i want to say going into into the future too is that you know don't think of the canucks window being a few years down the road like the canucks window is right fucking now the canucks window is right now when Pedersen and hughes are fucking growing each and every year and look, I know this team's capped out. I know there's some cap struggles that we're all worried about, but I think there's one big thing you can point to that a lot of teams look for, and it's that number one centerman in Pedersen, the number one defenseman in Hughes, and between Demko and Markstrom, you have a number one goalie somewhere there. So the future's looking pretty fucking bright right now, and it's a young man's game. Look around the playoffs. Look what Miro Heiskanen's doing. Look at what Kale McCarr's doing, Nathan McKinnon. Guys in their you know early to mid-20s are tearing apart this league right now, and Pedersen and Hughes are just at the start of their careers right now. Bagsy, let's get let's talk a little bit about tonight's game. Now, watching this game, it just seems the Canucks couldn't do anything five on five, and we know that's been the story the last three games. I think at the end of the series, I can firmly say I can count on both my hands how many shifts the Canucks won at five on five. Like it was really that lopsided at even strength. But tonight, do you th- think Vegas was just that good? on the four check or the connects just so tired because they have to play this fucking ridiculous back to back. Oh man. Yeah. Honestly, it, it's, it's a mix of both. It really is. And you know, this connects to you. We look, they, they should have lost in game five. Let's be real. They should have fucking lost game five. They had no business being in game seven. And tonight was a pretty predictable outcome. I think, Yes. you know, logic was being tossed out the window. Bondi. I know. I think you said that on Twitter and I, I felt the exact same way in that the connects had no shots. Vegas was dominating. Like, how the fuck had they even made it to Game 7? And here we, here we were with, like, less than 10 minutes to go, and the Canucks could have won this game. Fuck, they could have won this game on that better fucking chance in the second oh, period. Like, don't that's remind how close me. they Begsy, were. Begsy, don't remind me, man. Like, that's, that, was a T- <laughs> that was a TSN turning point. Like, if they go up one nothing there, they sit back, they clog the net for the rest of the game, and who knows how it goes. Maybe Vegas gets a goal, but, hey, if they... if Barack Besser gets that goal. Maybe we're in overtime right now. Oh, man. Because you know the Canucks, once they got that first goal, we're just going to sit back the whole game like they did in game six. Hey, Begsy, I'm going to give you an opportunity here to uh, to go off on the NHL for having this on a back-to-back. And we're not saying that out of 
out of spite. We probably, the city was probably going to lose to Vegas nonetheless. Let's be real. Let's be honest. But did the NHL fuck up? Did they, did they fuck up here? Say not, yes. Not having Vancouver on a Saturday night. You, you know what I'm saying? Not having Nathan McKinnon play a little bit later. Just go off on the NHL, okay? It's an order. Bondi, Kyle, Canucks fans, anyone else listening, the NHL 100% fucked up. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not even going to bitch about the Canucks, but you look at a team like Vegas, I mean, I almost wonder coming into this game for a while if Vegas was going to have enough energy to, to play the way they did in games five and six because they fucking gave it their all. And I think a trend in the series was Vegas was starting to get tired in the third period. I think we saw that in games three, four, and five where they had less offense in the third period. So I kind of wondered about them going into this game. But at the end of the day, the NHL needs to do a better job of marketing their superstars. Okay, go. And, and a bad way to market your superstars is to make them play when they're fucking gassed on the second night of a back-to-back with the fifth game in seven nights, which never fucking happens in the regular season. It was an absolute joke. The NHL fucked this up. I know they're trying to rush guys out of the bubble. Who fucking cares? It was lined up to be on Saturday night hockey night in Canada, and I think you would have seen a slightly better performance from the Canucks, maybe not a win, but yeah, you would have seen at least some more dramatic flaring from uh, Pedersen and Hughes, that's for sure. And just having Nathan McKinnon and Heiskin and play at a later time, I mean, what about what about the people on the West Coast? The West Coast, the West Coast of Canada or wherever in the West Coast who appreciate the game of hockey. What are you doing there? What are you doing there? What are you doing there? Incredible. I I never thought the NHL would, you know, just get worse and worse when it comes to marketing. But that that was that was something else. That was something else. Let's end this conversation with Begsy on some on some happy stuff. Okay, for the city, for the city of Vancouver. Uh, Bondi, you got a question here? You want to go first? Yeah, no, I just want to say one final thought that I think it's awesome that the Vancouver Canucks pulled it to seven games. I think it, this this playoff shows that Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes aren't going to shrink in the spotlight. They are yeah. here to stay. They're ballers. And we already knew that there were franchise pieces to build around. But not only they can also step up their game in the playoffs, but the series, I think these past five games also goes to show how much work needs to be done to become that elite contender for the Vancouver Canucks, right? Like, they, their depth needs so much work. So much yeah. work. Like, Whoa, they did. Bondi, dude, listen dude. to the rules. Listen to the rules. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just thinking towards the, the post-mortem here, and that's the big story is how do the Canucks improve their depth? Pedersen and Hughes are elite. No, no, Besser, no. Besser, Horvat, Miller are good pieces. I but think, you but you need to fix that death. You need to see how everything else fits. You know what? At the uh, at, at the immediacy of this, the way I'm going to look at this, and there's no other way for Kyle Bowen to look at this, right? It's 2020. They they went to the bubble. They sacrificed a lot. They gave the city what what the city needed, and that was a jolt. That was a jolt. And they also played with a lot of will. I know they got their ass kicked in a lot of these games down the stretch, right? They got their ass kicked. I have never seen a Canucks team get outplayed like that. Back to back to back. That that was somewhat borderline embarrassing. But what didn't make it completely embarrassing throughout the process was, again, their will. Their will. And for them to be willed by first-year playoff performers, a second-year player and a rookie, and then everyone everyone else, and they deserve to be named too, like Miller, Horvat, Besser, Stetcher. That, that's the core. And, bro, the compete level on those guys was something else. And I think that, that, that it's going to start somewhat of a culture down here because when your best guys 
and Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson, they don't have to try that hard to be that great. Well, well, they have to try that hard to be that great, but they don't have to try that hard to just be great, to be better than most most players. But the fact that they they compete at that level is something else. And, and Vancouver, I think, is in is in good hands, even if they're in cap hell. Oh man, I did it. Finish it. Oh, you did it, Kyle. Finish what are you doing? Finish it. Come finish, on, Kyle. Finish it, man. Finish it. <laughs> Well, I think you guys repeated a lot of the same things I was going to say. Give me the fucking button, Kyle. Come on, just give it to me. All right, I, I, I feel the same way right now. Okay, okay, no, no. Okay, okay, Here's okay. what we got to end on, boys. There's one big fucking question that we got to end on because it's probably the biggest question surrounding the Canucks right now. But who is the long-term starter in net for this oh, team? Okay, is it Jacob Marshall or is it Thatcher Demko? Look, the next time we see these Canucks, Jacob Marshall might not be a part of this team anymore. I think there's a very real possibility of that considering the cap crunch, considering what Markstrom's going to demand, and considering what Demko just did in these playoffs. Will Markstrom be part of the fold, and is he the long-term answer in net? Okay, I think we've, I think I talked about this on an episode of Sippin' recently. You have to sign the guy, in my opinion, who fits where you think the window is. Now, if you think the window is right now, if you think, okay, if we make a few good moves this offseason, next season, or even the season after, we can be... A cup contender we can be like a super good team that has a legit shot and i'm talking like not a fluky shot vegas legit shot at the cup then you sign markstrom because he's in this prime right now and he's a guarantee you know what you're going to get with him however if you think your window is maybe three to four seasons down the road when Pedersen, hughes guys like that are a few years older and in their actual prime like you know nathan mckinnon prime like like that kind of like 24 25 age then he signed demko because he's around the same age right so i think it really depends on where jim benning and the canucks think that oh, window yeah. of contention is bro 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 we all know where jim benning thinks this team is jim benning thinks that this team is a top seven team in the nhl let's be honest let's be real it's jim oh benning. hey hey top we six man top, top six, six. Top, top six he believes that he believes that it's jim benning it's jimbo who's also very proud of this team right now. I just remember reading that article by Ian McIntyre on Sportsnet. He alluded to the fact that he knows he spent a lot of money, maybe too much money on veterans, but it helped out this core. Again, just gained that willpower to excel in the playoffs. Look, I think this team's window, it opened up. It, op it opened up. And that's really because of the top two players on this team. Again, it goes back to their motor and they're just, they're just demeanor and their skill set. They are just top echelon athletes. And they're both on one team. And I think what we saw this year and what they went through this year is going to is going to help them just raise hell in the NHL. Okay, so you think their yeah, window is now. Opened up now, but I, I have to say this, okay? I've watched a ton of sports. I said it before and I'll say it again. I've watched a ton of sports. What we saw from Demko there, I know it was only three games. I know it was only three games, but he was touted to do this, right? He was touted to do to do this be the number one goalie for the vancouver canucks what he did in three straight games at the highest pressure moment and he just had to face a barrage of shots that was incredible he that had a 99 save shadow streak he almost got to 100 straight saves in a row in a series that was fucking incredible i haven't seen athletic athletic performance like that in vancouver over a three-game stretch Maybe, maybe in my life, maybe there was a time where Sadines put up like 11 points in three games. I don't know. But what Demko did there, just carrying this team pretty much right to the end in the second round was, was, 
was something that makes you ask. A hundred. It was fucking incredible, man. It was. It was legendary. It was legendary. That's the only way to describe it. And it makes you ask, right, Trevor? Yo, is Markstrom their guy? Do they have to spend six to seven million dollars? And this is coming from me. What was I talking about last week? Is Markstrom their guy, Trevor? Yo, Cal, let's let's flash back, what, like, uh, two weeks, maybe, when you were calling me out for my takes on Demco, saying that, you know, I shouldn't be... You called me an idiot for fucking believing in Demco, saying they should get rid of Marksham. How am I looking now, Kyle? How am I looking now? You tell me. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man, say it again. Oh, man, I'm taking a beating. I'm taking a beating because I witnessed excellence from someone who represents the city of Vancouver. That hits different. That makes one think. That that was that was something. You know what that was, man? That was that was somewhat, you know, Quinn Hughes, Elias Pedersen esque, right? That was elite. That was elite. Yeah, it, it was elite. And actually, I want to poke some holes in Bondi here too. While I'm going at you, Cal. Oh, okay. Bondi. Okay. <laughs> All right, bring it on, Daisy. Okay, so Bondi, you're talking about how you know if you think the Canucks window to win is now, you just sign Markstrom. Here's the thing. The Canucks window to win is right now, and what they should do is they should probably sign Thatcher Demko. Thatcher Demko has been the goalie of the future for a long fucking time in this market, and I know there's goalies that go on little streaks, little runs like these, and maybe they're a flash in the pan. Look, fucking Matt Murray won two cups, and now he sucks. Jordan Bennington was good for one year, and now he's kind of dog shit. But Thatcher Demko, I think, seeing him in this market, seeing the way he handles adversity, he's got the right attitude to handle this. Shout out to the psychology degree majors. I just think he's ready to be the goalie for this fucking team, man. And you talk about the salary cap, you talk about the cap crunch of this defense could be decimated, how the Canucks need to change their forward depth. You can't do that if you don't have cap dollars, and you can't do that if you spend $6 million on Markstrom to stay in the city to be the starting goaltender. Thanks, you make some good points. And what makes this whole decision interesting to me is I think you have to make this decision this offseason because obviously next offseason is the Seattle expansion draft. And you don't think they're licking their chops right now, thinking that Thatcher Demko is going to be unexposed or unprotected? Sorry, you know what? I'm in, in, say in the expansion draft, that they can swipe him to be their starting goalie. Like if you want to, if you want to say Jacob Markstrom is your guy right now, your windows right now, we're going with Markstrom. Then you got to trade Demko this offseason. And what can you get for Demko? That's what I'm going to end this conversation. What can you get for him? You can, if you can dangle him out to get that right shot defenseman you need for this team. Then if I'm Jimbo, I'm considering it, man. If you can get a cost-controlled right shot defense, we could fit in your top four. That that's a deal you're worth considering. Yeah, that's a great point. Great point, Bundy. I completely agree. And I, I do wonder who's because goalies just seem to be undervalued. I think one of my first quickie episodes was about how goalies are the running of the NHL because they always seem to be undervalued. They seem to be kind of dime a dozen, flash in the pan, weird ass. You don't know who's going to get hot at the right time. But man, if, if for some reason Thatcher Demko can fetch a, a top, like a, a full fledged right shot defenseman, I can't even think of like a guy whose name would come to mind right now. But uh, I, I don't know, like Tory Cruz, unrestricted free agent. But that's a guy who's kind of in that age range, in that dollar range where you'd make a significant. What, 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 out, sorry, Bixie. What about a guy like uh, Hayden Fleury from Carolina? Carolina needs a goalie. Yeah, Hayden Fleury. I've kind of been disappointed on through his NHL career so far. But he is in that age range. I know. I know the Calgary Flames kind of made a gamble on Noah Hannafin. He was a bit more proven than Flurry at the same point. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, like I said, maybe I'm biased. Maybe it's an emotional reaction after Game Seven. I'm just a big believer in Thatcher Demko. But yeah, if they could fetch someone 
better than Hayden Fleury, I'd be open to it for sure. We'll see what happens, man. It's, it's a it's a fascinating organization. It really is. Now they have gotten gotten yes, fifty full years without one Stanley Cup. That is not good enough. That really isn't good enough. It has to change, and I think it is going to change in this decade. I'm going to guarantee it. Sipping on a 40 will last 30, 40, 50 years. Maybe different renditions, right? But I'm going to make that guarantee. You can hold me to it. The Canucks are winning. Well, Kyle, for the, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the listeners who haven't heard it before, I mean, you made a guarantee. I think it was on Silky and Filthy yeah. back in the day that if the Canucks hadn't won a cup by 2030, you were going to get an arranged marriage. So we're just going to keep that in mind <laughs> over the last nine and a half years of this decade. Basie's pulling out receipts this episode. He's got like all of these receipts just filed out there. Oh, man. You know, I, I just sparked the after game join and, you know, I'm just all these things coming back to my brain now. Oh, man. You know what? <laughs> Listeners, we are going to end on that note. We really are with that. With that message from Trevor Beggs, okay? If the Vancouver Canucks don't win, if they don't win a Stanley Cup this decade, yeah, I'm going out there. I'm going out there, finding a wife, the old-fashioned way, and it's a beautiful way. I think they, I think they made a, a Netflix documentary on it. <laughs> it's got me thinking. I'm planning ten years ahead. Yeah. Hey, more power to you. Beautiful, beautiful. Can't wait. Well, actually, no. It's not gonna happen because the Canucks are gonna win. Yeah, you Canucks got ten today. years. Well, that's this is future Kyle Bounds problem. Oh man, future Kyle Bounds problem. Hey, Trevor, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for everything that you've done for sipping on a forty via the post-game show, and uh, I, I know we got a couple more episodes left before, you know, I hit my postseason. Not not postseason, I'm sorry, off-season, but hey, good times, good times. Yeah, the next Misconduct Network, it's been awesome hearing you boys on the air. You guys have been fucking killing it. Uh, it's, it's Like, you guys are, I don't even want to be biased right now, but you guys are, like, my favorite two guys to listen to on podcast. I think oh. you're fucking edgy. I think you're hilarious. Thanks, you didn't have uh, to you're, say you're not, you're not as, like, baby shit soft as some guys out there, so... Uh, yeah, I love you guys. And the work on this network is fucking Trevor, fantastic. Respect the fucking music in. in the back, man. You can't be saying baby shit while this is going on in the back. Baby shit soft. Wow. Come on, bro. Respect the music. <laughs> I'm about to have a baby, man. What else am I going to say? It is what it is. It is what it is. That's Trevor Bags. You're listening. Yes, listening to Sipping on a 40. Okay, okay. We're back to normal programming. And to be honest... I do somewhat want to get the fuck out of here, okay? We got to plan the next two weeks. How I'm going to close out sipping on a 40. We're going to do something special. But you know what the deal is, okay? Every time the team loses, and they lost today, game seven in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Fugazi Cup! It's the Fugazi yeah, Cup Yeah, the, the Canucks hey. are out, so this the Stanley Cup doesn't, doesn't count. That's doesn't, what we was saying. Yeah, there you go. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Who doesn't cares? Matter. It doesn't matter. Asterisk, whoever wins it. Yeah, straight up. Even straight Vegas. Up. Fuck you. <laughs> Yo, Vegas may win, legit. That's one of the best hockey teams I've seen I've seen play as a unit. Real talk, real talk. But yeah, you know the deal. Every time the team loses, the city loses, we run promiscuous in the background because it's one of the best tracks, the most fun tracks that have that has ever come out of the, the province of British Columbia. Shout out Victoria. We do a list, okay? So let, let's talk about our favorite conversations during the post-game run. Let, let's do a let's do a top five. How, how many conversations did we have? Around 10? Around 11, around 12, around 13, around 14. I can't count. 13, there was a lot of people. 17. 17. So let's let, let's talk about our favorites. At number one for me, 100%, it was a conversation with J.D. Burke. Uh, a conversation that may ruin his brand. No, J.D. was awesome. That episode gave us everything. Everything and insights into you know what makes J.D. Burke tick. 
and how he how he got to that point. And he gave us some good advice. You know, be yourself. And I think that's I, what we try and do on these episodes, right? I think if people listen to that conversation, even his haters, he has, he has haters out there. It fuels him. It drives him. I think some of that hate will turn around. Really, really. Mm-hmm. JD taught taught us a lot. Taught us a lot. We spoke to join after we talked about it. It was a good time. Check out that JD conversation on one of the post camp shows. I really did. I really did have fun with the conversation we had with Grady Sass. Yo, that dude is hilarious, man. Yeah. Never forget when he said he was gonna crush like Molson three Canadian bunch of Molson Canadian like right after the game. And that was one of the earlier ones too. That was game one. No game two. Game that was two. game two. That was the first win in the Canucks run. Was Grady Sass. Oh man, he was he was loving it. He was having a lot of fun. He kind of embodied how a lot of us were feeling throughout. I, that was the first Canucks playoff play and win in how many years? We were just ready to celebrate. Oh man, and that wasn't even uh, the playoffs. It was a play in, right? Yeah, that's why I said playoffs play oh, in. Oh, you combined it both the words. I like that. I like that. Check out that conversation with Grady Sass. Yo, we'll be writing more at the Post It Up Studios. I'll be, I'll be trying to do more for Nux's conduct. We'll see We'll see where it goes, right? When I asked that conversation to Harmon Dial about how he's improved his writing or what he's done to, you know, get ahead in writing, because his analytics are there and they'll always be there. The dude's a genius, but I think some people are going to have to start paying close attention to the, the way the dude writes. Yeah. It's incredible writing. There's a reason they call him the boy genius, right? That was one of the better conversations for sure. 100%. And after the game six St. Louis win, who had better to have on than the boy genius himself? Facts, man. The, that's just facts. And, and he gave us that, that tidbit about just reading more and more articles. I got to do that more, man. Who's your favorite writer right now? Hockey writer. Mm, that's a good question. I don't, I don't really have one because I don't read that many hockey articles right now. I always like... Trance is called friend of the show, oh, Thomas yeah. Trance. His columns are always uh, very well written. He's a friend of your show. He's yeah. not a friend of, of Sippin' Yet. No, yeah. eventually, eventually. That It'll get to that point. That conversation would have been something if it were to be. Maybe, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Well, let's name one more. One more. Uh, off the top. Who who did we have fun with? Oh, oh, the Vanessa conversation. That was fun, yeah, too, because that was, that was one. after the Horvat, uh, the Horvat goal in uh, OT. St. Louis. Uh, I was going to say in St. Louis. It felt like a road game. That conversation was good. And, and Braden, Braden, the, the homie, member, the he joined member. Nuts Misconduct like right after. That's how good his conversation was. Hey, if you're looking to, to join the network, maybe do some writing for the dot com. Yo, hop on the podcast, I guess. You, you get the plug. You get the connect. And look what happened to Braden. We changed his life. He changed our life. Oh. He inspired. He inspired us. Sorry, man. Sorry. I, I took the shine away from Braden. Look, that was sipping on a 40 for today. The post-game show for that Game 7 loss. Again, I'll be running the show for the next couple weeks before we, you know, end it. End it and take it to the offseason. We'll, we'll do something special. And again, the listeners, the listeners, thank you. Thank you so much. The post-game show, I, again, I, I'm going to call it. This is a staple for the city. A staple for the city. It's a beautiful thing. And, and it's it's because of you, the listeners. Straight up, straight up, straight up. And Bondi... Great work, man. Great work. Great acquisition for the network. You brought a lot to us this year. Everywhere, man. Good shit. Keep it up, man. Real talk. This guy doesn't even say thank you. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I'm never... Sorry. Are you are Zoned you... out there. It's, it's all good. Just thinking about how this is the last... Uh... Yeah, man. This is the last post-game podcast, maybe, in 2020, right? Like, who knows? Who knows when the next NHL season is going to start up and what it's going to look like. If You know, if this... And I don't like to think in these terms, like what would have happened if COVID didn't happen, but at least 
the Canucks got bounced out in the second round in a non-COVID year, you know, okay, hockey's coming back to the state. We don't know. Yo, and we don't know what it's going to look like. I remember I read uh, Elliot Freeman's 31 Thoughts column, and he's talking about how the Canadian teams might play in their own division because they can't get across the border, right? The border's still closed. How are you going to do that? And the players aren't going to go for another bubble. Hey, if that's the case, we will end on this note, okay? We will end on this note. If that's the case and all of Canada is put in one division, hey, who was the best Canadian team this year? Who was the best yes, Canadian the favorites. team? We're who the favorites. Vancouver is the best team in Canada. The best team in Canada. They got the best players. Yeah, Pedersen, better than Austin Matthews, 100%. Quinn Hughes, better than Morgan Riley. Not even a, a discussion. You know, the West Coast, the best coast. It's again the the place for hockey. And West Coast, best coast, West really Coast bias. Took, who really took it from Vancouver? It seems like they've kind of had it or been close to it since the West Coast Express. And We've and always now, been in that conversation. And now, and now, they got Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson with a bit more experience and getting it done. Again, that's why they are better than a couple of those players. Yo, Vancouver, be proud, and we'll be back to close things out later later in time over the next couple weeks my name kyle bowen k-y-l-e-b-h-a-w-a-n that's nick bondy get the network yes get the network you get four shows with one swipe one tap boom bam you just make your hockey life a little bit better just like that have a good morning a good afternoon a good night we don't know when you're listening to this but we yes we appreciate it peace